write leads on top of my voice memos. That's how freaking dated I am. You know what's funny? I, I still do that. Yeah. I, I have a line six spider in my room I still play on. We we were meant to be on this day. Yep, you want to use, uh, we have all these tools. You have like the old school way, the new school way. You want to, you can take from like both sides, you know. Use EMG pickups because they help you get the heaviest tone possible. Head over to emgpickups.com and use my promo code HEAVY at checkout and get 15% off. And then once you write the heaviest song of all time, head over to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Garza and save 30% off your membership to get all your songs on all streaming platforms. And now to the heaviest podcast of all time. Good to hear that uh, you guys aren't morning drinkers. That's sick. That's a that, that's a big accomplishment in life. You know, even um, in my worst day, I wasn't uh, exactly a morning drinker. Only done it a few times. It's more of a night, like a nighttime drinker. It is our proudest achievement. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it is 10 a.m. California time. We have all of Era here. Stoked to have you guys. Happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, stoked to be here. Thanks for having us. Got JT, Jesse, Connor. Uh, Alex and Clint. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Clint, have you ever been to California before? Yeah, a few times. I love it. A few times? Nice. Yeah. But is it the first time with the era? Uh, second or third, I think. Really? Yeah, third. Probably, yeah. Yeah, Clint started touring with us uh, May 2022, last year. Did uh, that Beartooth run, and then we did the headliner over the summer. So this is tour number three. Great. Yeah. Just uh, gotta you gotta test the waters, you know. Yeah, I mean he's been fine, dude. He is, I mean, yeah. Honestly, like such a valuable part of the puzzle. Like he, like he's like making all of our like tracks for for this tour and just kind of setting up our our entire rig. Like he's just kind of a dude that knows how to do a lot of different things. And, and I mean, like, I, this, I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm making you uncomfortable, but also just like <laughs> we're gonna gas you up real quick. I'm just good at Google searching stuff. <laughs> yeah. It out. 3D design stuff, too. Like, he's, like, made, like, not only for our band, but, I mean, lots of other bands, too. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I do some live visuals. Um, did some for Star Set. Okay. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, it's sick. Dude, it's Clint great. Is sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, the moral is, uh, Clint, you're sick. It's great. All yes. Right. Podcast done. Dude, and, yeah, okay, everyone, it's great, it's great to have you guys. We recruited a guitar player and got a lot more, so that was nice. Yeah, I mean, you're, you want you want someone with a good personality, but also it's like what it's like what are you giving? You know, when you have when you bring someone in that adds like something, it's always it's always yeah. like, oh shit, I didn't know we even like needed this. Well, we're definitely compromising on his personality, but the other. Oh stuff my goodness! <laughs> Bambi, if we're ready, not not even five minutes in. <laughs> Yeah, just someone that does like some reach. I mean, you, Clint, you made you made a, a joke about like oh, you know, I just Google, but you'd be surprised when people don't do that. A lot of the things I do is just googling for hours and like trying to figure some things out. So the fact that you just naturally do that and bring something new to the table, I'm sure the guys appreciate it. It's awesome, you know. Yeah, everybody definitely has their their uh, individual role that like at this point is extremely necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone kind of picks up the slack where uh, others lack, you know? Of course. You guys sound like a real band, right? <laughs> yeah, I trying. I hope so. Yeah, we're all, we're all just That's trying. The it's the illusion. The, the illusion's so, holding up so strong, though. It is. 
do. We're, we're, right, we're right, right, right there with you. It's like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And when, but I, I look I, good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, the, like the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the older you get, like, it's like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. I never really knew what I was doing. We're, and, and we're still just doing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> if I couldn't yeah. write songs, I would have been kicked out of the band a long time ago because I can't do anything else. <laughs> I look at our rig and like even like making tones, like Clint makes our guitar tones. Like I, I, I don't do any of that. I like look at my stuff and I don't know how to like navigate my quad cortex or my Kemper when I had it. So that's just complicated, man. I, I don't it's get intimidating. it. Intimidating. Yeah. So, so Clint, you know, you know, all that shit. Uh, yeah, the quad is like pretty, pretty intuitive at least. Is that just a pedal? Yeah, it's like a pedal board, but it's like a computer pretty much. Okay. Just can like Kemper profile stuff, and it's got a lot of effects in it. Yeah, it's Sick. cool. It's cool. You should try one out. I've been hearing about the quad uh, cortex the past uh, few months. Keep hearing about it. I've been seeing them and like people's like pedal boards. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then they use the amp as like a slave, right? Like like slave like power amp sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's so common that you fucking fly in and it's just, your amp's broken or it's just a, it just doesn't sound right. And people are, are plugging in what I, I've been hearing about these Cortexes. It's like, it's, What's nice too is you can run bass and guitar off one. One? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with patch changes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we run two quads for all three of us and we have patch changes for all three instruments. How, how reliable is that? Just, just out of curiosity. I try not to think about it. <laughs> Maybe especially don't think but about it. it, and it, it never, works. It, yeah, it has not. Okay, so far okay. so good. Yeah, we are we are pretty reliant upon <laughs> things that could absolutely sabotage us. But uh, in case quad, <laughs> who makes quad cortex? Normal. Yeah. In case they're listening, it works perfect. We love them. Chris, are you are you more of like a plug in and play kind of kind of yeah. guy? Yeah, I I am too. That's why all this stuff like is so. Is so wild to me, and why I'm just like hands off on it, because I like I see the necessity in it, and I'm, I'm like fine with profiling and stuff like that. Like I, yeah. I don't have like any, like, convictions about what gear to use, but it's just like yeah, the way I learned and the way we toured for the first several years was just like a fifty one fifty and a pedal board, and I'm still kind of locked into that, I think, in in my brain. Of course, when so when did you stop using the, the uh, PV? Oof, it's been years. It's years. Probably since like 2015, we used Axe Effects, and even then, um, our singer at the time was like a guitar player, and like he. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's just, okay. This is your new rig. <laughs> Dude, I have one of those. Yo. Oh my god, I love that amp. Don't honestly. Fuck, you can't poke the line six, dude. Can I tell you something? Nick, yes. I, feel, I, 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 I think some people know this, but uh, every every era song. Every song I've, I've I've written up until like the deluxe deluxe stuff we did like like even like the era self titled record that came out two years ago mm-hmm. um, I wrote everything on a, on a line, I wrote everything on a line six that's like hundred really? percent true yeah because I, I just figured out how to work a DAW and like recording Logic um, <laughs> over the last two years so so yeah I would just put on insane mode and just record voice memos to a click and then write leads on top of my voice memos that's how freaking dated i am you know what's funny i, I still do that yeah I, I have a line six spider in my room that i still play on we we were meant to meet on this day it is dude. <laughs> we were meant to Why, because if you make it sound good there when you do the transfer over yeah it's, it's gonna like it, it's just nothing if like you can't hide a 
like a, a good riff. If, it, if it's a good riff, it, it will really come out of like a, a you know a sure. line six spider. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? Which I still do. Do you ever like? Uh, can you know how you could like record it? Are we are we making coffee over there? Oh yeah, I was like, what's that tapping? <laughs> Sorry. You're, I, I guess coffee pots just do blast beats. <laughs> I just hear someone blasting back there. Holy shit! Yeah, that, that sound is such a comfort, though. It is. Oh, just... dude, when you hear that fucking coffee pot sound, you're like, oh yeah. It's like, dude, it's about to be oh, a good yeah. day. Rise and shine, bitches. Got a fucking cure this hangover. Oh yeah. Do you ever, uh, re- real quick, you you press like the the record tab button, and then you record like your idea, kind of like shitty timing, mm-hmm. and then you'll then you could like overdub it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, still, still I, do that. Yeah, I, I would just like get the delay like close enough to tempo on the line six. I'd be like, sure, and then I might record the delay to a to a click on voice memo, and then like record the rhythm to that, or vice versa, or whatever. But uh, nice. yeah, I feel like it. Like I feel like it. It's more challenging to write that way, but like then you know maybe maybe you're able to be more creative when you have to rely on just like a straight up guitar and amp. Versus like all the numerous plugins that you can yes. have access to now, which I utilize now. Of course, but uh, but yeah, sometimes I still like if I feel like I'm relying too much on cool sounds and not on the actual technicality of the riff, I'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. line six time. Time just, <laughs> time just riff with the line six gotta, for a bit. You gotta bring it back. Yeah, I still line I, six. I still do it. There's, there's still songs where I'm just like, yeah, this is this is just I just gotta like riff in my room and figure it out i heard that uh which you're actually like the perfect band to to uh bring us up to is that do you find that when you take away things and you just have like the bare bones like you're more creative it kind of forces you to be like creative like keep it primitive yeah yeah, yeah that's why that, that, yeah. That, that's my that's my case for the line six it's just like getting into a primitive sort of like it's like it's, i don't know like, I, like I'll just play the same riff over and over again. And if if I if I played it for the last twenty minutes, it's probably cool. I'm probably enjoying the groove and totally. I'm into it. Whereas in a DAW, I'll just play that riff once, track it, and then like by the time I finish the song, I've like forgotten how to play the riff. Interesting, you know? really? Like, yeah, because I'm just I just write it and then I lay it down. But with the line six, like I'm not immediately laying it down. I'm just like, like like, like I'll play the same riff for like an hour just because it feels nice. Totally. But uh, so I, I agree. I think it's good to strip away. There's uh, conveniences, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Jimi Hendrix talks about that. If you play a riff or a, your band's playing a song or a part over and over again, like when you get to that point where it's like hypnotizing, mm-hmm. and then like you find like notes in between the notes that, that that you're trying to find, or like little like little things you'll, you'll add or or take away. You know, you mean just play a riff for 20 minutes an hour. You know, it's cool. It's cool that you guys yeah. just naturally do that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, like a, I'm I'm almost like I have to be careful to not like deprogram that because I, I have gotten really comfortable in logic now to where like yeah I feel you I want to I want to kind of like blend both you know yep you want to use uh, we have all these tools you have like the old school way the new school way you want to you can take from like both sides you know and yeah it's like it's find like, find your own way I think uh and you guys formed in 2009 correct yeah so was it how how did uh, Alex and Jesse, how, how did you guys meet? <laughs> I remember how we met. 
you remember? I also remember how we met. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What's, oh, your what's, your, what's your side? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just think there's two sides to it. Great. I'm going to make you talk in this thing. All right. I deserve <laughs> this. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, I went to high school with a guy. He was like, oh, I play drums for this band. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you should come to my practice. And I was like, okay. So I went with him a lot. Too. How old were you? I was 16, seven, 16, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And I would go there. How much of the story am I telling? I like this I guy. Know, I, I, this. I like this guy that I went to high school with. But <laughs> once I met Jesse, I was like, man, I've got to be in a band with him. So this guy played drums too. And I was like, hey, you should kick this guy out of your band. Let me join. <laughs> and it took a year or so for yeah. that to happen. Yeah, so there was that first year where I was uh, in bed with another uh, there's a different drummer in my life, and then ever since then, there's been no other drummer. You're the only drummer that I've played with since then. So, yeah, it's been 15 years, dude. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just like local, like us going to local shows, and there's a place in McCalla, Alabama, where I grew up called the Fish Music Hall. It was, they only would have Christian bands. Um, we, our little local band at the time was not a Christian band but like close enough and like mm-hmm. we were young and nice and they the owners liked us and we were chill <laughs> so they let us play but uh but yeah we saw like bands like With Blood Comes Cleansing if you remember that oh, band whoa. A Plea for Purging and oh my goodness you saw some sick shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just in this like little like like super rural part of Alabama but uh yeah that's how Alex and I met I just saw him play and I was like hmm I want to be friends with those guys. I was like, the, they were like, he was in the cool local band, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be with those guys. Yeah, or like, or you know what? I'm, I'm gonna poach him. <laughs> just like secretly, we 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 like that. You know, I'm just gonna, he kicks me in my band. Honestly, no. Like, I don't think I thought thought about it in those terms at the time. I think it just organically. Yeah, you're right. Sort I of definitely happened. did. <laughs> I, I can see like, that. I, I was like talking to him on AIM, like, hey, you should let me join. Oh, on like, AIM. I, yeah. Good oh, AIM? Hey, what are we talking about right yeah. now? Holy shit. That makes it, yeah, yeah, I feel like you're more chaotic. Yeah. And I was just more like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, but <laughs> he's chaotic. I'm going to weasel my way into this. Just kidding. No, I'm not. So, what was your AIM uh, handle? Do you remember? 315. 315, 412. Yeah. Because of the Amity affliction. It's crazy. Oh. Wow. He woke up and killed people at 3.15. Oh, you mean the Amityville Horror? Or, yeah, but not the band. That's what we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> We were so edgy. It's funny how we hole. remember our, our AIM names so clearly. I remember mine clearly. I remember yeah. one of them. And some people have, have more more than one. Yeah, I had like three, I think. Total. Three? I think. The last time, this mine's not fun. Mine's just my high school acronym and swimmer, MSJ swimmer. Because I was a, I was oh, an swimmer? athlete for like a long, long time. Okay. I was super I was super late to the music game. Like I didn't start screaming or doing music shit until my twenties. Really? Yeah. Like uh, I assume like just early twenties. Dude, I was like double popped collar madras shorts <laughs> all throughout high school. Like the broest of bro. You were I, bro. I pledged a frat. <laughs> you were you were the enemy. Yeah, I was the enemy. <laughs> but I was also the kid who wore. An Asley Dying shirt mm. and American Eagle and clogs to a local show. Like, I didn't know. I was like, oh. I wanted so, so bad to be a part of the scene, but I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And I didn't have any friends. And I just liked the music. Oh. 
So, yeah. so you had like a group of friends. So I was like, I was like the, I was like the prep undercover <laughs> at the local hardcore show. Whoa. Yeah, it was really weird for me. Can I uh, tell the story of how we met? Yes. Oh, Christ. All right, sure. Let's, let's go. So I used to play in this band called I the Breather. The first tour we ever did was Mayhem in 2012. And my friend Devin came to the DC show, and he asked for a plus to one. Bristol? Yeah. Bristol, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He asked for a plus one, and uh, it was this kind of, like, doofy guy who was just, <laughs> just like... Thanks. Like, he felt, <laughs> he, he felt like a liability like backstage because he was like he was like seeing these like band guys walk around and was getting so excited and like mm-hmm. darting in their direction our friend Devin was just like I'm, I'm so sorry like and it was JT and uh and then a few months later I heard Tex in July needed a singer and someone told me I, I don't know the guy's name that they got but it's it's some bald guy <laughs> And somehow I just knew that it was him, and and now we're best friends. That's my boy. Holy moly. That's my boy. So, sounds like you were, I'm not insulting you, it sounds like you're like a fanboy, you're like, but it seemed like you're like a, like a new world for you, but you're like around with like a show, like, oh, there's like that band and that band. Dude, I had to learn so much stuff uh, to fit in, like, I was literally thrown to the wolves so fast. Yeah, what was your experience like? I mean, were you singing in an, another band or nothing? You were just... Vocal covers. I was Damn. the YouTube guy. Yeah, because, I mean... I did I did seven shows, and then my... Or no, like six or seven shows, and then around the seventh or eighth show was my first shot warp Tour. What? Yeah. You were thrown into the woods. Yeah. And that, and that that's a hard tour to do. It's, it's a kind of grueling... Oh, dude, boot camp. It was only two and a half weeks, or maybe only two weeks, so... Wow. It was a good like icebreaker for me, but I barely made it through those two weeks, man. Eight in a van. <sighs> yeah, what, during July or August? Oh yeah. It was, fucking it was sw- July to, your ass Ju- off. July to August like sixth, yeah. Oh god, dude. Just on one pair of underwear. I don't even know if I had underwear at that point. <laughs> <laughs> man, you still were... don't wear underwear. Yeah. Just kidding. That's that's pretty crazy how you're just like cause you're from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of crazy that you were just throwing it, thrown into it. I grew up in the Burbs. I was a student athlete for years. Uh, I tried the college thing for a hot second, um, and I, I think I was, I think I was just like looking for like more out of my life post uh, mm-hmm. like student athlete days. Yeah. And I always liked the idea of being in music, but I didn't really know how to get into it. I get, I did mm-hmm. guitar poorly for years. Um, but uh, yeah, I was always in try to be involved. I did gospel choir in high school. I like, sang an all male choir. Oh, okay, that's okay. so that was kind of like a an entrance into it. But then um, I don't know. I was working for a marina and going to a community college, and I just started like making vocal covers on YouTube. Like I saw other guys doing it, and I was like, I think I can do that. And then one day it just clicked, and I just did a bunch. I did like two hundred in two years. 200 vocal covers? Are you serious? I think 212 I counted. Whoa. They're not, they don't really exist anymore, but I, I they did exist at some point. So you went back and deleted them? Well, <laughs> at the time, our manager suggested I uh, take them mm. down. I should have just mm. unlisted them instead <laughs> yeah. of deleted them, but I actually Shit. just straight up deleted them. I had, I had hard copies saved. I'm, I don't even know if I have the hard copies anymore. I think I deleted those too. But, uh, 
his idea was like, we want you to be seen as the new vocalist for mm -hmm. Texas in July and not the YouTube cover guy, which sure. didn't matter anyways because everybody, even to this day, is still like, I saw your YouTube covers back in the day. <laughs> and now doing covers is like, cool. I don't know. I see like, How a strange lot of guys. is that, huh? That is pretty yeah. strange. The past two years, it like blew up. Yeah, like everybody's like covering their their, like, their peers' music. I was like, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I did that fucking 10 years ago, you fucks. <laughs> Man, I, I deleted all of them. Yeah. My fucking manager told me to <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just probably for the Crazy. best now, but you kind of carve your own path, you know? Sure. You know, and uh, I mean, Air is definitely a band that, like, kind of carved your own path and, and paid your own way because, I mean, sure. I can't imagine, like, being from Alabama and coming up in that scene where you don't really, you don't really have, like, a peer band, like, the, the set, like, example. No. Right? Like, you kind of well, have to. Well, we had one. Um, Gideon. Gideon. Gideon, really? Yeah, Gideon is from from Birmingham. Um, oh shit! And they were when we started in two thousand nine. Like we like we perceived them to be moving at a pace that we wanted to move at. Just because, because mm -hmm. at the time, Dan McCartney was in the band. Dan is like uh, a booking agent out in LA, and he's doing great. But mm -hmm. uh, he was playing guitar in Gideon, and he was booking all of their tours. So they were just very self-contained and, and like self-sufficient, and that was a big motivator for us. It's like, oh, well, it, it was kind of the only evidence that we had that like that sort of thing was possible to just kind of go and do it yeah. rather than waiting for something to happen. Um, and even then, I think we were kind of slow to get to get the gears turning. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have one other example. It was us and Gideon were kind of the only heavy bands to come out of there I mean, my children my bride like 10 years prior to that but um hmm. that's it and then since then like i don't know of any metal bands that have come out of birmingham and have toured extensively um yeah. i apologize if there are and i'm and i'm ignorant yeah i mean what um i don't even know the venues you play out there what like you just have like the zydeco i mean what even zydeco like to us at that time was like like that was like a huge goal, you know what I mean? Like that was like yeah. a high ceiling. Like that, 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 that no, was where low, we. That's saw. a low ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Literally, it, it's a, it's a low. Literally, ceiling. literally, it's like, six yeah. foot ceiling. <laughs> ceiling. Yeah, like like yeah, literally for sure. Uh, and then you know, uh, symbolically, it's also kind of a low ceiling. <laughs> but um, but at the time, like that, is, like bands that we liked, that is where they went. Um, actually, one of the first era shows. That we the first air show we played at Zydeco, we were like the opening local for Suicide Silence and Darkest Hour. This was like 2011. You serious? Yeah, oh at Zydeco. And, but but like us playing that show, we we're like, holy fuck! Like not only are we playing with these bands, but like we're playing Zydeco. Because before that, you know, it'd be like <laughs> yeah. a freaking like gutted, you know, some like gutted studio space in the middle of the worst part of town like those were the venues we were playing with like you know a the broken vineyard? PA and I feel like it was like a warehouse or a church yeah probably a lot of churches right yeah. if it was, go, we made it you know. if it was a church we were like in business it's like oh this is gonna be like it's gonna be clean yeah like, they're gonna have like clean carpet and like the people you know like we weren't like Christians but it's like the people working the show are gonna be nice <laughs> like uh, yeah. whereas when you play like yeah. the hole in the walls like in the city it's like People are like, "What are these damn kids doing here?" Like, they don't—they don't care if you sound good. They just want you to play the show and leave or whatever. But um, so yeah, so like Zydeco is like a real venue with us. And then we started touring. We're like, 
Oh, <laughs> we live in a place that doesn't nurture uh, this kind of music don't or creative here. spirit whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, we should like leave more often. Yeah. Well, in, in, in a weird way, that probably like inspired you guys and pushed you guys on. We need to get the fuck out of our state. No. I mean, even to this day, it, it it helps keep in perspective just like how far things have come and how cool it is to still be seeing places, you know, because we came from somewhere so small. You guys have come a long way. I think about being a band from Alabama to now it was just, you know, five records in, you know, and like not not only five records, but records with the different styles and have be a band long enough to have other chapters in your career. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. And to, to add on top of that is like from Alabama. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, at this point, it's like, I mean, Alex and I are the only Alabama guys still around. All these guys are from Pennsylvania. and Yeah. Um, yeah, it's wild. I, I, it's funny. I listened listen to, uh, to your episode you did with Alpha Wolf. Like I think about those guys, like coming from Tasmania. Yeah, they're doing like so well, and they're so like well spoken and mm-hmm. intelligent, and like I don't know, it's cool. I like I I, f- I feel like I connect with like bands like that that just yeah started in a really weird place, in a you weird know, place, like huh? a weird a, yeah weird geograph- geographical place. Yeah, I guess another question I have is like, what is it? When you're a band from a, that kind of area, like a, a Tasmania, a we decide with, within instruction, they're from Slovenia, and you guys, are fr- you guys are from uh, Alabama. It's like I, I, I'm lucky. I'm from California, so I got some special treatment, I guess you could say. But for people that uh, people that want to start bands or even play music that are from these type of countries and states, like what do you, what do you guys do to break out? <sighs> um. I mean, it's a pretty rare thing, you know. Internet. It was probably use the tools at your disposal, I guess. Yeah. MySpace, right? Yeah. MySpace, really? You guys, you guys have MySpace? That was that was yeah. I guess MySpace was the outlet in which we realized like, oh, like people might actually care about what we're doing in other places. And mm-hmm. then um, recording with uh, Joseph McQueen. Um, I don't know if you know Joseph. He he also works with Josh Gilbert. Plays in Spirit Box. He used to play in As Late Dying. Mm, yeah. But um, they're from Alabama. And we would record with them. Like, we have a, an EP called Andromeda from 2010. It was literally the summer that I graduated high school. We recorded that with those guys. And uh, Joseph was, like, the first person to really, like, motivate me to do, um, I don't know, just, like, pursue, like, a, a, a freelance sort of career path and not necessarily rely on college because, you know, we lived in a place that only nurtures, like, that kind of trajectory of going to college and having a family and doing normal stuff like there's no nurturing of like the creative pursuit because like no one has any evidence that it really exists because they don't know anyone in Alabama who is doing it as a career because they all left or whatever so like literally just that one conversation with Joseph of him being like you guys are a good band and you should actually go for it like that that one conversation was all that I had that was huge and then yeah MySpace and seeing like oh like a guy from Germany listen to our song today like <laughs> maybe there's something there um and then yeah just booking southeast shows and like i said the gideon guys and dan mccartney getting involved and booking us very early on and then us going to eric powell shortly after that who we're still with today um yeah we just 
finally got to see other places and we were just like, holy shit, like the world is different <laughs> than we thought it was. And it was like, I, 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 that's still exciting to me. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, how exciting to get out of like that, that kind of state and see like, you know, where, like, where you could take music, you know? It, yeah. It, it's, it's always a trip getting out of your state, you know? And I guess, yeah, I mean, you, uh, like, you did touch on it and say it, like, use the tools of the internet to you to your disposal yeah like you know whatever's available like whatever whatever the easiest i mean that's everybody that's why i tell everybody that asks like what can i do to help my band like thrive I'm like what yeah. free tools do you have at your disposal use them internet network with people play a lot of shows mm-hmm. write songs you just gotta keep yeah. at it just keep at it there's there's a magic <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a fucking broken record but just keep doing it just fucking write tunes man just, just be just be kind of be sick yeah <laughs> just be sick yeah. i can only imagine the 10-year mark of anything is like a sweet spot yeah. like because mm-hmm. like hitting, hitting the 10-year mark of this when you look around and you see the people who are still around that you knew from the beginning and mm-hmm. you're still working together or you're at least in the same like circles and bumping into each other in shows and cities like that like to live to experience that is like it, it boggles the brain it's like, how are we still here? Like, this is so cool. And then you get closer to people that you maybe never were able to, like, cross paths with. Like, I mean, us right now, like, talking. Like, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for 10 years, but we've never met you. And, like, that's mm-hmm. so sick. It's just, like, mm-hmm. if you just, like, stick it out, those people who you've, you haven't crossed paths with, but you've been aware with, uh, been aware of, like, you're just going to cross because there's just not many people left over who are still doing it after all that time. So, like, you finally intersect, and it's, it's so cool and weird it's cool and at the same time you're right yeah, no matter how long you've been like years you know years that you just cross paths with these people you know still and there's so many you know uh bands that have uh careers you know we you know we're obviously lucky to be there and he's crossed paths with these people still like you know 10 years later like 15 years later and then 20 years later and i was like damn like, i just met you yeah there's, there's, there's just so many people to hang out with and talk to about yeah about uh about music yeah, like, and you talk to people who, like, don't um, do this or don't have something like this, and it's, like, you realize the rarity of this sort of ingrained kinship of just mm-hmm. we're all mutually following this thing that is yeah. strange, you know, and, yeah. and, like, that that is binding in a way. Like, like, like when you start a tour, you know, you, with very rare exceptions, like, some, some guys in bands suck, but, like, most of the time... Uh, 95% of the time it's like you start a band you start a tour with a band you don't know and you feel pretty assured like by the end of this like I'm gonna feel a kinship to this person mm-hmm. that would in, in or- ordinary life it would probably take me like years to fill with someone and I'm gonna fill it for this person after probably like two weeks yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be able to have like a real heart to heart with this guy that I met two weeks ago and like I'll see him and it'll be warm and we'll hug each other and it'll be genuine oh it's and speed dating for it. friendship <laughs> yeah, I've always loved that. It is. Did you come up with that? I did. That's really good. Thank you. I've always loved that. <laughs> Speed dating for for friendship. That is true. Like uh, I had a friend that, uh, real quick, that you know he was from my area and has never really toured, but was kind of like one of those like classic like kind of hating on some bands that he don't he just didn't like. And he got the opportunity to tour one time and tour with a bunch of bands he didn't like, but then came back and like I love all those guys. Their band's sick. I'm like, see what happens. You have to meet <laughs> yeah. these people. These are these are real people, man. I just following their their uh, their dream and made and made the sacrifices to do it. You know, you're like, oh shit. Then you find things in common. 
You, yeah. sign, you find a, and uh, I found this out two months ago, and I encourage uh, anyone to try this. It's because I mean, doing this. I mean, I'm, I just listen to a lot, a lot of music now. This records and songs, even bands I don't really necessarily listen to. And there's something happens to your brain and your mind when you listen to a record and you keep doing it. Uh, listen to a band's whole career, you don't really like it, but something happens to your mind that I blew me away. That you 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 find a connection somewhere. Mm-hmm. You listen to li- listening to records you don't like, but actually sit down and just still listen. And something happens like you'll you'll connect after three hours of listening to music or more. You'll connect to a lyric or you'll connect to a a riff. Usually for me, it's like a riff. Uh, I'll hear like five five records and I'll I'll just have that riff. But that's my connection to that fucking band, and that's why I, I, I want to talk. And there's you find like these these things that you could like connect with, you know, and and also it helps you not not be jaded too. Yeah. Sorry. Like when someone sends you a song, like when someone's like, "Oh, you gotta check out this band." Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to hear that probably ten times before you actually. You can check it out the first time someone tells you, but sure. you might need to go back to it like ten times before it really connects. Like you know, like sure. what kind of mood are you in? Are you in the moment to hear a sound like mm. that? Does that is that sound is that band coloring your mood in that moment? Like, are you in that place? Like, or if, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're if someone's like check out this sick heavy band, but you're like kind of melancholy and you've had a weird day that you're probably not going to feel much from like mm, getting blasted true. or whatever <laughs> but uh <laughs> true but like that's true but yeah but then when it connects when it's like the right moment it's huge i mean oh, the nationals one of my favorite bands and hmm. i tried to get on that band for years and i was like i don't get it it's just drab and boring and monotone and mm-hmm. and then like i was cleaning my apartment one day and i put on trouble will find me start to finish and i finished cleaning and i was like was that profound <laughs> and then I just kept listening to that band, and that year I was like point zero one percent of their total listeners, and, and it was a, and it was a band that just never clicked. I would I, I literally had like one or two songs I liked, but I was just like I don't have the patience to sit with this band. And then when it finally clicked, it was like like I was deeply indulged, and and that's my favorite kind of discovery. And it happens a lot now that I'm I've gotten older. Yeah, like those kind of bands where I'm just like I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it, and then I'm like. Oh, this is like the greatest. This is like a part of me now. It's weird. Do you think that that only comes with age, though? I don't know. Or, or can you somehow accomplish that when when you're younger? Because it happens to me. I'll, I'll admit, I wish I had this. Like when I was younger, like you know, even like mid twenties, or like in my teens. I mean, yeah, I I didn't get it until like recently. Do you feel like you're a deeper music lover in your older age than yes. when you're younger? Me too. Yeah, it's weird. The stuff that I thought I was going to outgrow. I, I just I fell more into love with corn and like uh, discords like death metal. I just felt more because then you kind of like you could kind of pinpoint when you get older. You kind of you might do like some introspection, like you kind of connect some dots. Oh, that's why I like that band. That's why I like that song or something. Like you just fall more into love with it. And that was pretty shocking to me. Yes, I I, I like these bands more now than I did when I was you know fourteen. It's crazy. Yeah, you almost expect to be jaded at this point, and then when you <laughs> that are, too, that's great. That is kind of sad, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, I, th- I think it's like a process you have to go through to get to the, to the other side. But true. like, but then when you realize, like, not only am I not jaded, but I I love this more than I did when I was a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> like full of like wonder and like the world on the horizon and uh, yeah. anything's possible. It's like the fact that I can like connect more with this now feels significant, and it, yeah. it just like affirms like this is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah, it's great. And uh, 
I want to talk about your your third record, which I think kind of explains also might might help your your connection as a band and and, and your mindset. Is that? I'm so sorry. Do it. Can I please pee? Do it. <laughs> no, I, it, it like hurts. And I, no, I'm man, do it. My I brain's said, thinking about pee. No, I said do it, man. It's all good. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll go straight to... Uh, so, Clint, how was your experience joint, uh, just being a part of the band now? Uh, I love these guys. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I've been in a few different bands with like varying dynamics where it's like more of like... I'm a hired gun or whatever, and it's very, like, rigid. Yeah. Whereas these guys are, you know, my age and stuff, and I'm just, like, hanging out. Like, they're my friends, so it's chill. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, like Jesse said at the beginning, uh, everyone's kind of got their lane that they're, like, good at, you know? So that's yeah. kind of nice, too. That's always, like, makes things easier. Uh, it's not like, you know, one person's doing everything or something, mm-hmm. so everyone's got their their lane so it's pretty sweet <clears throat> correct me if i'm wrong yeah. but i feel like you presented an uh this opportunity to like show us your shops and we were like fuck yeah spread your wings fly baby and you just did it and here you are killing it Clint's, yeah clint's flying you're fucking yeah you're flying. i'm like you're flying. we recruited him for like a certain role but he you know like we say can fill all these gaps i'm like hey man more power to you like it's hit, great do it that's so, sick hopefully yeah. we cultivate an environment where you can feel like you're being mm-hmm. fulfilled and like you're allowing to like show off your talents and skills for sure it sounds That's like good. it yeah you know and then you guys obviously and i heard through you guys that connor you're a very hard worker which is very rare in a bass player wow someone said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah. someone finally said it you fox <laughs> i can't believe it yeah it's the backbone dude that's, that's pretty cool man yeah i mean i um I heard an interview like probably 10 plus years ago of a band talking about how in order to like make this work, um, everyone needs to kind of be willing to fill whatever gaps they can. Yeah. And so that kind of became my role in any, like, what can I do? Where can I provide value that other guys either A, aren't good at or B, don't want to do? And which often results in like, you know, the monotonous, annoying, like yes. logistics, booking flights, yes. uh, having difficult conversations, like mm-hmm. it's like but, our moral GPS. But, <laughs> oh wow, but, that's uh, sick. Moral but, GPS. That's a fucking one to write down yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah I, I gotta, I gotta throw that in my bio. Woo! Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of, um, I guess, how I provide value beyond just being a bass player. It's great you uh, you touch on something really important like you you do like people forget you got to do like the like the tedious boring shit to do to get the oh, yeah. to, to be able to do what you love. Yeah. Well, I mean it is a passion project for everyone and mm-hmm. and always will be, but it is also a business. Yes, it is. So, how do you how do you what's the dance between the two and like mm-hmm. how do you make it I don't know, enjoyable for everyone? Mm-hmm. It's tough, yeah. dude. And it, it's it's a it's a never-ending balance yeah so it's cool that you know you're you're already doing it ahead of the game you don't you don't you don't want to be mean like be 37 oh wait try treat it like like a business oh wow <laughs> where, where do all our money go yeah <laughs> well yeah it's, it's funny because now that we you know now that we've we've grown a lot especially in the last two years now we're kind of deciding like okay wait what do we what should we not be doing 
Yeah, you know, because 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 our mantra has always been like we should be able to do pretty much everything ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and and we're kind of it's it's been beautiful to be able to you know divert some of that to other people that are better than us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a question for you on that note. Let's let's with, go with your years of experience and time in here. Where mm-hmm. do you find your balance with self reward and always on the grind? Oh, that's a good one. Because that's like my internal struggle. That's a good one. Recently. Like we took three months off and I did fucking nothing. And it was awesome. But the, at the end of three months, I was like, I did nothing. I feel like I feel like scum. So it's like this balance yeah. of trying to give myself that decompression time. But also in the back of my head, like somebody out there is working harder than I am and getting what I want. And how do I find time to reward myself and feel good about it? and not beat myself up about it. Yeah, you hit the nail on, on, on the head. That's, Did I get too deep? <laughs> no, no, that's a, that's a, it's hard. A, never any balance, man, knowing when to, uh, that takes some, for me personally, I'll, I'll, I try not to get too deep into things like this, I'll make it short, but uh, I think that takes introspection for you personally, like, like for me, it's like, uh, I noticed that some band members kind of more drawn to everything has has to feel right sure. but i i kind of found that like never everything in my life per, personally I'm, I'm just speaking the experience hopefully it might it might, it might help you and or people listening is like and this takes from being alone getting high um thinking about self-doubt and stuff like that like sure. and like and i realized oh you know, nothing for you chris nothing is going to feel right ever and that and that and that's what helps me. It might it might not mm. that that might not resonate for somebody else, but for me, that's what works for my personality and for for the band. Nothing I do feels right. It's like thriving. So off just kind of leaning into uncertainty. Yes, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting. Yeah, anything that has to do with self doubt or doesn't feel right. It's 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 and it goes to small shit too. Like you know, like this morning I woke up at four forty five. I don't want to go to the gym. It doesn't feel right, but you just go. I don't want to eat this fucking salad. I don't want to yeah. eat that piece of lettuce, but you do it. And yeah. then that, and then you have these little burst of like great moments, like let's say playing, like like playing a show. That's a very literal. Okay, this sure. is working. This is great. And having those, like you know, for example, this week was like, I didn't go out. It was kind of like, oh, it's just so I can't even put it into words, dude. Like, okay, you kind of feel no. Okay, I kind of sense like I should stay home all week and work, mm-hmm. as opposed to go out on Wednesday. It was almost like a quick. It's a really it's a feeling I don't know like you kind of know okay uh, and then last night I went to a comedy show had, had some beers because that okay you worked towards the okay I could just be an idiot for, for a sure. night and uh, it's knowing when to take a break knowing when knowing when you're going to be burnt out it's a dude it's, it's a tough yeah. tough thing to figure out and I think it, it varies from uh, from a person to person but I think something that is universal is you got to put in work there is like legit work involved and it's been shocking for me to unfortunately for us in our career learn later and uh, in our career what like, the limit is yeah yeah like shit there's all these things that we should have been doing that you weren't because mm-hmm. you know we're, we are an older band like things have to feel right the vibe but sometimes it's not about the vibe you just gotta fucking work yeah and you just gotta put, put, put in some time and knowing when to work and when no know when not to work and when to have fun and when to stay home it's just it's a it's a literally an everyday thought process for me cool it's do, tough do you feel like this is something that has gotten easier though like with age to where you're to, to just to just to um 
prioritize the work over maybe like your feelings of like mm-hmm. oh i don't feel like doing this thing like like do mm-hmm. you feel like it gets easier with age to just lock in because there's more at stake as you're as you're getting older because you're mm-hmm. ultimately approaching mm-hmm. death cuz that's how i <laughs> yeah. that, that's how i feel like, we're all dying <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like turning 30, I feel like, I remember having conversations with you, JT, and you saying, um, like, when we talk about, like, working out, taking care of ourselves, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and people say this, like, it gets harder with age, like, you get locked in your ways, and it's going to get harder to commit to those things with age, but mm-hmm. I've noticed the opposite. I've mm-hmm. noticed it's becoming easier for me to find discipline, because, and I think part of it is just, like, the realization that, like, I am approaching, I'm getting closer to old age. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of the motivator of knowing like, I, I want, I want like my late life to be as quality as mm. my twenties and stuff. So like, I, I just have to do this stuff and my, my feelings need to be sort of secondary. Yeah. I think one thing I have noticed as I've gotten older is my, I don't even know when this happened. It feels like it happened overnight. Like when the hell did I grow up? But, um, mm the that part of your brain saying hey you could be doing all this stuff this will be beneficial beneficial for you like later or like trying to get ahead of things like yes. being more productive mm-hmm. per, like getting excited about not procrastinating like getting ahead of stuff and, like imagine mm-hmm. if i did this now like in the yeah. past as a teenager it's like i can't wait to procrastinate <laughs> yeah but now it's just like i want to get ahead of this like i got mm-hmm. here's a to-do list i want to bang some stuff out yes um so I don't. I don't know when that happened, but like I'm kind of grateful that I actually feel bad when I spend more than four hours playing a video game. When in the past I could just play a whole week of video games and feel nothing, but now it's like, man, yeah, I can't enjoy as much because I want to do all this other stuff, and I know I have some new priorities in my life as I've grown grown older. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I think anxiety can be a tool. I think sometimes yeah. it's your brain trying to communicate sure. that you that you want more. Yeah. And that it's accessible. Um, with that said. You know, you could be hard on yourself. And yeah, I can be extremely hard on myself. I think we all can, mm-hmm. and like that's that's bad too. But like, being a little hard on your, hard on yourself is beneficial. I mean, there's no fucking way we would be here at this point if we weren't. Yeah, there's no, no way. It's kind of part of that balance. Yeah, yeah, totally. You guys, you know, obviously there's there's. It's funny how you look back. I'm like, damn, we did a lot. Like all those tours, all those shitty bathrooms, all that those. Those breakups, you kind of realize, oh wait, oh 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 yeah, that's why we're here. We did all that. Yeah, but that's good content, good music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad but true, man. Well, fuck. It's funny to reflect on like the bands, and not only bands, really anyone who achieves anything, uh, like their threshold for like how much am I like what is too much or like well, how much should we be doing? Mm. So like yeah, yeah. When you look at like the you know everyone who's kind of paving new ground and doing the best you you often realize that their their standard is just so much higher so when they feel like they've done nothing they've done Mm -hmm. three times as much as all their peers you know in that whatever window of time that is um Mm -hmm. and so when i look at like us we can be pretty hard on ourselves but Mm -hmm. it is nice to sometimes step back and go maybe our standard is just high enough that like yeah we think we didn't do anything you know yeah, it's uh, it's that cliche, you know, blessing it is a curse. That that thing that makes you feel like, oh, we, I we didn't do enough. Oh, this record isn't what it was supposed to be. It's like it's that never satisfied thing. Yeah. And uh, in my experience, you know, when you lose that, 
because because you think like oh you know what I, I should be happy what I'm doing and I should it's you know I should be satisfied but then well I learned personally like when we got satisfied we lost a lot it's it's that it's that that weird like thing it's it's, it's a it's a curse but a blessing like it's that thing that keeps you hungry it's that that never satisfied thing like oh I'm, I'm not doing enough I'm not doing this but like that kind of keeps you going like right, whole, whole career like quenchable thirst yeah you know that's just I don't think there's a an, another way to go about it to be honest yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's I, I mean obviously it can be it can be a bad thing but I think it's just something you have to sort of form a relationship with and acknowledge yes. and accept and um yeah yeah and and it's just our fear of like going down you know what I mean when you feel like you've like hit a high point mm-hmm. and then like any sense that you're that you're going down is just like heartbreaking even if it's like a little bit and then it's it could still be way farther ahead than you were what's the fear I I guess what I'm ref- yeah I guess I'm being kind of weirdly vague about that like you know you have a good night merch <laughs> <laughs> let's go this just happened on the night and like I'm not gonna don't worry, I'm not gonna fucking. We're not talking numbers here. Not, we're not th- those guys. Fuck that. But yeah. um, but just like uh, you know, you have a good night. You're like, oh my god, this is the best night I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then you have another good night, but it's lower than the best night you've ever had. And you're like, oh, like that moment of yeah. disappointment. I'm just like, that sucks. It's like, weird. It's weird. It, it, that, it doesn't go away like, either. It doesn't go away. It's, it's, it's like it's like weird. three times what it was two years ago, but you're like disappointed because you've like <laughs> yeah. you've set this new this baseline. Yeah. What did you call it's it? Like, like how did you refer to it? I don't know. I don't it's, remember. I don't know. But it's like, yeah, dude. That 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 thing. It's just, it is what it is. But like, gotta keep an eye on that. Gotta yeah. keep an eye on that because that can be destructive. It's just like, the, yeah, comparison is so fucking. It's such a hard thing to shake, but yeah, it's so rewarding to shake it and just be happy with where things are. Yeah, and it's 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 productive, but it's unproductive too, because there in anything that we do, there's so many factors. Like yeah. maybe you had a bad year because of 15 things out of your control, or a bad night because sure. of 10 things out of your control. Like it's worldwide pandemic. And it's easy. It's easy to like. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to like look at your your entire trajectory and go, "Oh, we're fucked." When yeah. really like. <laughs> there were a bunch of other reasons that may have resulted in that. Sure. That are not related to your own efforts. Mm-hmm. I think that's normal. At this, that's just, I think as human beings, that's just how we're fucking wired. We're always, you're going to compare to someone else. You're going to compare to what, you're even going to compare yourself to yourself. You know, it's just, this is how we're wired. Yeah. You know? But I think it's, yeah, it's, I think if you're, have a healthy attachment to it, you know, because there's a difference between a healthy, a healthy attachment to it and an unhealthy one, I think. But it's how we're wired. You just, I just want to compare. Oh, we know why. Why is this band bigger than us? You know, why? Why? Is, why, why, <laughs> why not me? Why? Why? Why aren't we at that tour? Why? Yeah. Why don't we get the offer? Yeah. Or it's just numbers, and then it's fucking I yeah. Think, social media numbers are just it's it's never ending. You know. I I think that's gotten a little bit healthier. Like like now like whenever I have that thought of like how did this band do that I mm-hmm. think about it for a moment I'm like oh that's how like I find the answer I'm like oh yeah because they're doing this good on them yeah. like good yeah. for them but like just like turning mm-hmm. it into like genuinely being happy for someone that's doing better than you yes. yeah which like can be tough because like there's definitely a competitive nature yeah to this business but like mm-hmm. you know you, I I think there it 
I think we have a pretty healthy sense yeah. of competition. Like we really yeah. do want to see our friends do better. And if I feel at any point that I'm not wanting that, I mm-hmm. I have to like check myself because that's just not the way. I totally. Be. Yeah. I was like that too when I was, but I was I was a teenager. Like when you have like an unhealthy competition, you're like so when you well you were the same, but but that's your actual mindset. You 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 you, you get that and you're like oh wait this is how I actually feel. You know like, fuck you know fuck that band fuck this band. But then when you get older, it's like. Uh, you look back, it's just, it just stems from insecurity. Yeah. yeah. You know, so then we, mm-hmm. when you assess that and your own your own demons and shit, like, you, you actually become, you know, stoked when someone else does something, either what you're doing or they're right under you or if your competitive bands are doing more than you, like, you get actually genuinely happy for them. Well, it, and I'm sure you've seen, having done this for a while, like, celebrating other people's success mm-hmm. often does yield a positive result for you it does like you 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 know you take a band out and you take good care of them and you're nice to them mm-hmm. and then eight years later when they're you know huge mm-hmm. they take you out and they want to take care of you like mm-hmm. i think i think there's a lot of power in just like celebrating everyone's sure. success and trying to you know i don't know wish them the best if you will yeah i i use the uh comparison mindset to because i'm very inspired by like comedians and uh, we I love all of us love stand up. Yeah, like uh, like 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 Tom Segura, obviously like the Rogans, the Bill Burrs. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, he he's he a lot of hate, but I love him. Uh, Brendan Schaub, that's my favorite podcast fighter and a kid. And I had an opportunity to uh, to meet him, so I was like, okay, I have probably have like ten seconds with him. So I had like questions like ready, just boom, fire, I, I just fired away. And uh, he said something that I'm like, oh shit, that's a good way to to like view it. Because uh, I said, yeah, you know, I'm very my band, I'm 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 in a band. You know, and, and, and we're very, and we're, you know, we're very inspired by by comedians and you guys. And he's like, oh wow, you know, this is what we do. Like, he was like, we're all, we're all creatively competitive with each other. We're all trying to outdo each other, but mm-hmm. it's all in a very healthy way. We're not trying to like push them down. It's like we're all we're all competitive with each other. We're all trying to like crush each other, but it's all like we're all friends, and we we know what is. We're just being creatively like like competitive, finding creative ways to uh, to make. Sh- to either promote yourself or, or or push, I guess for us it would be like a record or a song. But it's not like it's just it's just all out of friendship. Yeah, sure. I mean, the b- biggest reason why I moved to LA, uh, I've been there for like uh, going on three years now. Are you uh, are, are you still here? Yeah. yeah oh shit. Yeah, I live in the valley. Um, Sick. But, but but I came out here like because I was I felt like I was getting too comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I, I I lived oh, in yeah. Nashville and I was just like I I, I kind of like. Um, I wanted to be around people that were doing better than me. Like, I didn't want to be so important. a big fish in a small pond situation. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like in Birmingham, like, um, cause I see a lot of people like in bands who stay where they, where they grew up and they're comfortable and they can afford a house, like in their small town and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I often genuinely wish that I had that to where I was just like content to stay in Birmingham and just like be near my family and, mm-hmm. You know, I could buy a house there for like the yeah. amount I pay rent in yeah. LA, but like I just I can't. I just like I need to be around that energy and just know that there are people mm-hmm. next door who are crushing it in a way that I'm not, because um, otherwise I'll fall into complacency and that could be fine if I was fine with it, but I'm not. I'll be so hard on myself if I do that. So like, so yeah, I try to surround myself with friends who are crushing it. You know, you know yourself. That competitive. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, you know it. You know, I, I've been tempted to fucking 
move out of here. You know, bands that are smaller than us, they, you know, they're outside of California. They're all, they, they have houses. You know, I'm, I'm eating yeah. top ramen at home. So it's, you always compare yourself to that, but I'm like, there's this, again, that hunger. And it's like, man, they're, uh, it's like, what do you really want? You know, it's like, you know what? I don't want to fucking move out there. I want to fucking grind as long, long as I can. And I will get that while living here. Yeah. And, and I will, uh, that's where like the competitive mindset comes in. You know, I will sacrifice more than you. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like people, I mean, people, a lot of people, like when, like when I moved to LA, could not wrap their head around it. And I moved during the pandemic. Yeah. It was like the worst time to move. You couldn't go to any restaurants or businesses. Like you could only stay in your house or do like nature related things. Like, <laughs> what a move, dude. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> what a move. I know. And, and part, of, part of the reason why I did it was because it was reckless and I knew that would be like a good experience yeah. to just like kind of do something stupid. You guys are sick. <laughs> you pulled your car um, all across the country. Yeah, it was the best thing I did in yeah. 2020. It was just like driving across the country in a Penske truck and my and my car on the back. Like uh, it was fun because we weren't touring, so it was like cool. This is my this is my touring in a, in a van trying to drive across <laughs> the country. But like, but um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I was so you're so. Pandy's going on. You're you're driving cross country to LA. Was the self-titled already written, or were you working on it, or were you about to work uh, on it? What's like? Yeah, we finished it. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was done. It was, it was uh, done. We we just were waiting to release it because pandemic. You know, we didn't want to put it out like right at the start of uncertainty. You know, so oh, we, you guys had it done. It's ready to put it out there. It sucks. Well, so we finished tracking that record. The day that we finished tracking was the day the state of emergency was declared. It was literally, like, March 15th. No. Yep. So we finished tracking the record, and then, like, the studio that we worked at with Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland, like, that studio was forced to close, like, the next day. So we finished right on time. Um, kind of wild. Dude, that is wild. Yep. <laughs> Holy moly. It's a weird time. And was, was that a uh, discussion amongst... All you guys, are, hey, you know what? Well, let's just not rush this. Let's, we're just going to shove it. And I don't it's think for... anybody had any idea what was to come. No, no. Yeah. we we. But that yeah. was kind of like our work, like spending. We had all this time to like plan and you know yeah. ideate and like mm -hmm. figure out how we wanted to roll it out and what we wanted it to feel like and look like. And mm -hmm. so that was kind of like, at least for me personally, I didn't work throughout the pandemic. So that was my like, that was what I was thinking about and focusing on and. It, it kind of was enjoyable in a way. It, it kind of makes sense because that record sounds very like locked in, and uh, it's kind of crazy how you're like you finish a record day of, and the and the country will world shuts down, and like you're just about to embark on this new chapter. It's like it really feels like the self title is like your new chapter. Okay, let's just a, sure. a new chapter of the band. Let's go, and then oh shit, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, a, a little bit. This I started the chapter. I mean, kind of slow. It's fine. You know what? I, I mean, there had, must have been a little bit of that, but mostly I felt like we got lucky when I looked around at a lot of our peers. Like, mm, like dude, guys that's... we knew who who put out a record on like March seventh. Oh. oh yeah, and that they was... were on tour for a week and then had to go home and not tour on their record. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. I like looking at those like I think that happened to Polaris, it happened to August Prince Red, and then mm. I was like, see this 
it's good that we're not in this position. Like this would yeah. hurt worse. Yeah, a lot of those totally. records that came out like early, you know, earlier 2020, like maybe February through June ish, like kind mm. of just like disappeared in the public perception. It feels yeah. like, and that that sucks. One of my favorite records came out in in like May, and I didn't really hear a lot of buzz about it. Which one was that? Uh, Boston Manor. Oh, yeah, yeah. and I think they were supposed to tour as well. Holy moly! Yeah, we dropped the record on on Valentine's Day. Mid, <laughs> no. mid Feb, so sick. Before. Ready? Oh, we got oh, we got past the self, our our self title was not exactly a new chapter in in a, in a good way. <laughs> we're like, are we finally put the new record? We're gonna, you know, bring some because we put out that record. We got our money disappeared. So we're like, we're trying to about to get get back to where uh, get back on the climb, and then you know, it's, it happens. You know? It's, yeah, that that sucks. Like, so 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 for us, like. Ugh. I felt like we got lucky. It's like, okay, cool. We can just hold on to this and just be patient and just chill and put it out when it feels right. And we still put it out during the pandemic, but it was mm-hmm. early 2021. Touring came back late 2021, so there wasn't oh, as big of a gap. Yeah. Whereas, like, ABR, I think, just, like, put out another... They, they put out something oh, else. Oh, yeah. They were just like, we'll just... Maybe I, I'm mixed I think, up, actually. No, I, th- I, I think that they, they might have put a record out in March or something, and then I think they kind of just went on to the next one because it was like... There's not so much we can sick. do on this. Those like, guys are psychopaths. I was like a leveler re-recorder or something. Yeah, they are like true workhorse dudes. It's pretty crazy. Talk about like comparison. Yeah. Like I look at them and I'm just like, dude, they're just so pragmatic and yeah. like with their band. It's it's admirable. But Yeah, we would talk about it in, even like back in the day when they were just up and coming. Because we, uh, we're like kind of bubbling around the same time. We're, we're looking at them. We're like, damn, they're putting a record every year. What the fuck? What, 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 do they sleep? <laughs> it's like holy yeah. shit, but yeah, it's 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 really cool, and they fucking they just they found their uh, they found their own groove. Did uh, dope. did Suicide and ABR do a tour? I want to say I went to a tour. Maybe it was like Unearth. Yep, that ABR was our first, and Suicide Silence. That was our first big tour. Yeah, I went oh, to shit. that in uh, Towson, Maryland, at the Wrecker. The Wrecker. Yeah, oh, if it's the, if I'm thinking of the right thing. Wow, my record probably sonar or something. Oh six oh seven sonar, right? Remember sonar? Oh yeah, I remember sonar. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. moly. That place kind of sucked. <laughs> so do, you, do you remember uh, Infest in New Jersey? You guys headlined. Oh, like I remember a, Infest. What, what was that Infest. venue? Infest. Uh, it was a, it was the Stone Pony. <laughs> they had like multiple rooms Stone around the Stone Pony. Pony. Yeah. They, they had an outside stage, an inside. Yeah. Across the street, they had like three stages going on. Yeah. Remember Infest? Holy, yeah. I don't remember what stage we fucking played. You were you were indoors. You were like the headline. On Broken Wings played Black My Heart. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly! But why would you name your festival Infest? <laughs> I mean, that fucking rules. It was oh, like the it was like the goodness, I love the Jersey equivalent of like the metal and hardcore yeah. fest. It's yeah. so silly. Oh my goodness! You you immediately know like every band on it was like fucking oh yeah evil. People just like <laughs> bleeding from the face, leaving the leaving the, the venue. <gasps> Holy God. moly, dude. I, I want to address me real quick. So your first two records, the logo. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what is the meaning between the backwards art? Because I'm... I knew. Because I'm... <laughs> I fucking knew we were going to come to this because we got this, this corn backwards I'm, art. We got Garza with I the backwards art. I know this. So you're surrounded... I counted today. We have uh, 14 backwards R's in this 
room. Oh my god! <laughs> did you a, count for us, or did you already know? Uh, I counted because I. It's like how many are in here? Because I always forget. Is there fifteen or there? But we have, I counted again today for like the hundredth time. There's fourteen backwards R's in here. Oh Shot glasses, god. coffee mugs, posters, corn. Corn well, posters around. Well, now there are 15, 16, 17 oh, backwards R's in this room because uh, the albums are up on the screen. So obviously you knew I was going to bring it up. So what? So what's up with the logo? Uh, so that our original vocalist who is on those on those first two releases uh, did graphic design. He actually designed mm. that logo. Uh, I don't know. You know, it was just like a, a pot of uh, potential choices and. We just chose that one. There's no real big story. It wasn't like any kind of homage or anything like that. I'm sorry to say. I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, so it was more so like a... Because you probably had like options. Hey, yeah. let's try this one, this one. But that probably look... I mean, it looks like aesthetically pleasing. You know, that, that fucking backwards R. I, I mean, I hate it, but thank you. <laughs> it's probably... Uh, you hate it? I mean, obviously... It's kind of cool. Obviously, at a time, we liked it, but... uh. That time has passed. Could have been bleeding cowboy font. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <sighs> look, I think, look I think... Chris. I don't want to hurt you, but it's not I'm, an homage I'm, to corn. I'm already hurt. It's fine. <laughs> I think designers like are attracted to just trying to create the symmetry with the, yeah. with the two R's. Yeah, symmetry is huge. I yeah. do like the shield that came out of that logo on some of the prints we've done over the years. Oh, uh, when it's like oh yeah, when you just when mirror like the stacked. image and it's like yeah. yeah. Um. That shit's sick. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Controversial. Yes. I was never... Oh, no. Don't fucking say it. <laughs> don't. Not, not in my dojo. <laughs> okay, never mind. Don't say it. No, that's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alex, you listen to Korn. You're a Korn guy. Oh. You're a new metal kid. They were my favorite band. I was a freaking metalcore kid. I liked Azalea Dying and, mm-hmm. like, Kill Switch Engage and all their remains and stuff like that. Under, like, you know. Yeah. That was my thing. And biscuit right here. Yeah, dude. Three dollar bill, y'all. Woo! Yeah, see, I totally skipped the the new thing, the in you thing. Dude, you know? I was hooked. You bought new like metal. love hate tragedy, uh, significant other, and probably a Nickelback LP, like all at the same time. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking trifecta <laughs> with the double dude. pop collar. <laughs> dude, yeah, probably uh, <laughs> probably a Nautica polo. <laughs> Tucked into Dockers or some shit. God, dude, Dockers. I forgot Dockers. You know what? Jay, pull up Dockers pants. Oh god. No, oh, no. Uh, Dickies too. I didn't, Dickies I didn't buy style. my first pair of Dickies until Connor got me a pair. Like last month or something. Like that's the time to buy Dickies. Well, I always thought Dickies were like cardboard, and then I realized you had to break them in, and they got. They soft. were kind of cardboardy. Yeah, dude. Like Dickies pants, dude. Like you know. In high school, people would wear like like fucking Good. red red dickies I or like all boys Catholic high school though. Like I didn't have a choice. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't. You had to have to wear darkers, huh? Yeah, I was in okay. a dress code. I, I have a brother twenty years older than me, so like I wanted to wear jinkos. <laughs> jinkos or or dickies. Oh, yeah. oh wait, I'm stupid. He's ten years older than me, but but I had a brother who graduated in two thousand, so he was of the the Blink One Eighty Two era oh, and God. stuff. Like a pop punk kid. And, like he ha- he had those he had like the Jinko pants. Oh, uh, dude, are we are we gonna bring back these pants right here? Dude? I, they came back for a second. They did. Oh my goodness! You know what? Dickies were actually Oliver Tree's wearing them. Yeah, He's, that's not not a trend I like. I pumped on personally, but all good. Dickies was kind of like a universal pant, though. Like, it doesn't matter if you're like a punker or like a hardcore kid, or uh, or on swim team. 
you know, everyone kind of wore Dickies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- Dickies it- are fine. I don't, I don't, I, don't I, think they're, I think they're good now. I feel like, like that's Carhartt and like hardcore and like construction workers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're like, they're pretty timeless. Yeah. They are pretty timeless. You know what? I need a pair of Dickies. I mean, look, that guy looks gonna, great. See, yeah, okay, so now they probably have an in-style. They're probably like slim fit, skinny options. There's a lot of options now. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's tons. They got Dude, them all. I'm straight up going to buy Dickies. They're yeah, very, yeah, yeah. they're actually very good pants. Connor can help you find a pair. That's like his <laughs> like 25 bucks. Yeah, 25? Okay, it's not bad. He's a rep. Connor helps keep us uh, <laughs> relevant. You know, he's helped wean us off of uh, tight pants, kicking and screaming nonetheless. But. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. <laughs> But I guess I mean the question is now what color are we, are we gonna get? Probably ah, black, duh. Black. You got it. Yeah, it goes with it. Yeah, that goes with pretty much every band shirt, you know. <laughs> Skinny fit, that that'll be hot. Dude, that'll, that'll get the ladies, dude, for sure. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the first two records, uh, uh, I guess are not new metal influenced. Um, <laughs> was that, sorry. Was that so? So, uh, JT, you you joined the band Drift onward. Okay, so yeah. so it was like was so it was right before Drift, correct? Or well, no? 2015. Yeah, you called me in like August of 2015, and Texas in July was like about to start their farewell tour, and yeah. he was like, "What are you doing after that?" And I was like, "Not a damn thing." <laughs> yeah. And what did we track Easy Drift transition. in October? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, yep, called yeah. in August, tracked in October. And uh, I feel like such scum because that band broke up, and then two months later, I was back on tour with a different band. <laughs> wow! Yeah, well, well no, they were already kinda... breaking up. Yeah, it, it, it worked like, out. We didn't, so we didn't have to with the timeline, you know? Cause, because you guys met on tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you guys know then? Hey, uh, you guys, you guys want to join the band, or want to play my band? My band's breaking up. Let's no, see. no, no. <laughs> so we we weren't looking at that at that point. Somebody crazy <sighs> timing. There, there was a conversation like. Oh, you know, we were outside. You know what I'm talking about? The Texas in July tour. Somebody was like, "You should join Era," or this was like, I don't know, like a year later. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I remember being on. We tour were outside. With Texas it was me in July. and somebody else, and this joke came up. <clears throat> I don't know. So a side note. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, but whoa! <clears throat> no, it was um. Yeah, I guess it was only a year and a half after that. But so actually on that tour that we did with JT, it was only a week. And that was our singer at the time's last run. So he was leaving, but we got a different guy. We got mm-hmm. a guy named Ian Eubanks. He was in the band for a year and a half. We did one EP with him. And then after that year and a half, then we got JT. And it was just right <laughs> when Texas in July happened to be breaking up. So we, mm-hmm. didn't ha- we didn't have to actually poach anyone. You know, like he was just mm-hmm. available. Yeah. So... It worked out pretty good, you know. It did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of like a, like, it was kind of crazy timing if you think about it, because Drip is like obviously like it was. I could sense like okay, we're gonna take some risks and we're gonna not exactly change our sound, but we're gonna take a. Let's just see what let's see what we can do. It was definitely a matter of like, like from what I recall, it was just like what what a what do I feel like doing? Not like what mm. is expected based off of the other records, but like what feels right. And I think ultimately yeah. what feels right is a nice companion to the first two records. I know like yeah. it's completely subjective, but I don't know. I think all of our releases sound very much like our band, but um, yeah, it's more melodic. I feel like it's a little a bit softer than the first two records. 
It is a it is a ballsy move because then you bring in JT. So you kind of did that. That was kind of a big move, you know. Hey, not only did you know switch up the sound a little bit, but we're gonna bring in a new singer. Now fuck everybody. <laughs> it, was, it was probably less of that and more of like, oh god, like I hope people like think that we're we're keeping it together. You know, like member changes are always scary because like yeah. people are really slow to adjust to change mm-hmm. in that way as, as you know i'm sure mm-hmm. but um it takes them a while it, you know like, you look at a band like north lane like marcus their singer is so fucking good and he like definitely he definitely rustled some feathers when he was brought in though yeah and i and like i don't have that lens or that i, I didn't have that that lens or that attachment to the band where i was like this is different it sucks i was just like oh i like this band now now that this guy's in it, yeah. he, that my whole perception has changed, and like, this oh, wow. is what I like. But it took the, it took like their fans a couple records to realize, like, yo, this is like a level up. This guy fucking rules. And now I think everyone's on board. Like, oh yeah, that guy's amazing. He sings, he screams, crushes it live. Like, how many? So, but it takes people a while to like acclimate. I think they they yeah. took on you pretty quick because people like Texas in July. You're of the metalcore world, and mm-hmm. you're just. In my opinion, just like way better than. Uh, Thanks, man. No offense to the past guys, but <laughs> you're without question the best vocalist there has ever had. The, the biggest flack I got was like, I'm I'm more sit in mid range. That's mm-hmm. kind of my bread and butter, and the other guys kind of sit at a lower register. So like, mm. maybe a sonic dynamic was like, oh, it's different. Sure. Know? But then we found the sweet spot we as did. the records went on. J- just as like like you know back to back the music to North changed Lane, like, alongside of it. Yeah. 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 You kind of you you get used. To one another, and you like find each other's strengths and weaknesses, and like by the self-titled, it's like, oh yeah, we're definitely bringing out the best in each other across the board. Like yeah. everyone's like, everyone's shining on this record finally, Lock, locked know? in. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough how long it takes uh, for everyone just to lock in. You know, mm-hmm. it took six years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, t- it takes years essentially sometimes. Yeah. You know, even though Drift was, uh, I mean, it was received very well. You know, maybe what aside from. A, some flack here and there, but which I mean, that's just expected, no matter, no matter, no matter who it is. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty well what we see. But you're still trying to find your 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 way mm-hmm. in the in the band dynamic and, and sound, and it takes a it takes a bit. But yeah, with the self titled, sounds like you know, you guys. Yeah, you know? it, as long as we like it, and perhaps I'm speaking for myself, but uh, I, I would I would say as long as we like it, we can kind of handle criticism. But when people are mm-hmm. Criticizing something that you agree with when you're like actually siding with their criticism, like if something mm. kind of slipped through the cracks, that hurts yeah. a lot, as you may have experienced. Like if, it, mm. but if you're really confident in the record, like I like I remember being very confident in the quality of the writing on Drift. So when people weren't mm. into it, I was like, eh, maybe you'll figure it out. Maybe you won't. I don't care. I like it, and that's like yeah. a really liberating feeling. I felt that for the self-titled as well. Um, it's kind of like you said, like, mm. like when you find a band and a song actually clicks, and you're like, oh, now because I like this riff, I can actually understand what the rest of what the band's trying to do. Mm-hmm. When yes. you're at a record that you're confident in, you kind of just rely on that to where you're like, you may not get this now, but maybe someday you will. But like, yeah, hopefully there's some integrity in you knowing that like I, I knew what I was trying to do at the time, and I yes. stand behind it. Like that goes a long way, and I think eventually it will connect. You know. You're right. You know, it's funny when, yeah, when, yeah, you're, you're talking um, longevity. You know, things go a long way for long, I mean, longevity, you know. It's funny, like, it's, it's, sometimes it takes people a while to come around. 
sometimes uh, I'll notice like you know a, a hater will can become a lover like your biggest fan at some point you know it just takes you know years sometimes but they could not like a record then you put out two more and then all of a sudden they'll they'll go back to that record and all of a sudden like they they love you and you know sometimes I recognize usernames and I'll see like <laughs> I was like you know I'll, I'll, I'll see a couple of years ago like, I remember you yeah, his band sucks his band Eddie's garbage and then they'll fucking say uh, oh you know God. I'll see the same one and it's, oh this record's awesome and they'll like they'll, they'll be louder than ever dude and then it's crazy and then sometimes you'll see that guy on tour and he's fucking shredding and like the two or four band on a on a package you're on you're like oh yeah it's you yeah you yeah. little rat <laughs> i heard what you said yeah and then you're like oh man we're you grew up and we're friends now i think yeah, I yeah, exactly. <laughs> well don't we won't, we won't any names don't I don't say it. i won't i know i think I just but, he's the um, best guy he is the yeah. best guy yeah yeah you just like yeah people you know people come around evolve yeah. and then like uh, yeah, yeah i mean like uh, that's like the the, the best like uh, mm. when like those people who are maybe outspoken because they were passionate, they just like really gave a, f- a shit and then they actually turned it into something productive and creative. They didn't just sit back and talk shit and not try to do their own thing. It's like, oh, this guy that was criticizing what we were doing is actually like as good or better than us. And now he's putting it to use and now he doesn't feel the need to criticize because he's just like mm-hmm. he's in the creative the creative zone now. And I feel like when you really lean into that zone, like you don't really – at least for me, like I, I feel like it helps people like not feel like they have to put everything down. It's like, well, okay, sure, maybe you just don't get it, or like maybe yeah. just, it's not for you. It doesn't mean like mm-hmm. it's bad or you should trash it or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I met, <laughs> I met a hater once. This was like 2009 or something. It was, it was a long time ago, but uh, I did meet one in person. It was at a, a Warp tour, and uh, I just I, I knew who he was. I was like, interesting. But he was a fucking sweetheart. It's like this little kid, like this <laughs> super chill. And we're like, oh, what's up, dude? Cool, man. Uh, I think I, I might shook his hand and that was it. But it was so bright. I just remember the same person saying like the nastiest thing on the internet. I was like, it was, it was strange. You know, you're just, this is an unhealthy way to communicate with people. It, I think like when you have like <laughs> such like a, a disconnect, people will just, will just say whatever they want, you know? Yeah. And then when you're, you're in person, it's just, it's just different. I bet after meeting you, lot. though, he probably changed his perspective a little bit. Hopefully. Yeah. Or maybe he's like, Garth is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Fuck. But, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully he did change his uh, perspective. Yeah, I mean, when you're young, like, I like I, I when I, I, I never, you know, when I was, like, 14 on MySpace and stuff, like, I didn't. I was talking shit. <laughs> I, was I think we were all shit. talking shit. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I would never go on a band's page and be like, your song sucks, like. Thank God I never did that. Um, not because it like isn't forgivable, because it is. It's just cringy. Like I'm just glad I don't have that on my conscience. But like, sure. But um, but I would, you know, like on my own personal posts, I would be opinionated about like, you know, I don't know, defending like a BT Bam record or something, going back and forth. It's like, man, I, I can't imagine feeling any kind of mm-hmm. joy out of that now. But I think that's obvious no. for all of us. Well, hopefully we all, we all experience that, that same growth. You know, yeah, I did that, you know, 20 years ago. And now I'm just, you know, we're in our 30s growing up or 40s or 50s, so on. You know, hopefully hopefully it comes with age. Yeah. I, I feel like at some point all music should kind of just be fine to you. Like, I think Pat Oswalt has a, a bit about that where he's like, I don't hate 
any music anymore, and it's so good. And he talks about he has this whole rant about Nickelback, nice. defending Nickelback. And if you haven't heard it, you have to hear it because it's Pat extremely Nelson. validating. Yes, okay. <laughs> he's just like he's like, why does everybody? And you know, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but like, but um, yeah, just like I'm at an age now to where I don't hate any music, and I'm like, oh my god, I fucking mm-hmm. I get it's that. Nice. It's I nice. get that. It used to be such a little elitist you know and now i'm just like whatever yeah it's, it's nice it's nice people to say this just isn't for me yeah i have a friend who like has to say everything sucks if he doesn't like it it sucks and it, it makes me so mad yeah because i'm like dude pe- so many yeah. people love this like yeah who are you to say being nice is good being negative like that in my old age is just like fucking it just like corrodes your soul yeah it's like what like yeah. how long can you sustain in your life <laughs> by just like shitting on everything totally yeah. I don't know. Not what's, for me. No. What, what's the beef with Nickelback? I don't know, man. People, what, people don't. what is up with that, dude? I don't get it. What? I mean, what do they do? I mean, like... Shout out to Chad, man. Yeah. We, <laughs> we love Nickelback. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's a great guy. I, I mean, I'm not so sure. We like, unapologetically <laughs> 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 do like Nickelback. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't know anything, but like... Um, I, don't, I mean, they do have some songs that are like fucking hilariously misogynistic but um you know like it was they're like 20 year old songs like i don't know like sure. i don't know what their new stuff sounds like but it's like yeah you know just like fucking it's fun I come on just just from. hey lighten up about it. hey jay uh look up uh nickelback wiki i'm curious where where they're based out of or, or yeah. from i think somewhere in canada canada right okay yeah. yeah well if you're from canada you have to be nice that's true <laughs> like ah uh, it's true it's true they do have some songs where you listen to lyrics and you're just like, oh, Alberta. my God. Alberta, Canada. Wow. Boy. That's, pre- that's pretty out there. Home of uh, Brett the Hitman Heart, too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Alberta. Alberta is a legendary area. So, yeah, if you're Nickelback, you kind of have to be nice. Canada? Wow. Canada. Looks like a small town. Yeah, wow. Like the, the, there are some, like... You could probably Google this now. It blew up so hard, but there was like some tweet they posted, probably close to ten years ago, where they're like, they were like, "Yeah, we know we suck, but we're millionaires. Fuck you." It was like something like, <laughs> it was something so like direct and like you're just like, man, you like, it's like a little. You kind of have to like appreciate that they just are like sometimes not yeah. caring. It seems sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that is what it's called. Sometimes you need to like listen and like you know maybe like check yourself, but that seemed like it appropriate to me because like. Yeah, they were one of those like bandwagon hate on bands like like Nicholas Cage. There's a time where Nicholas Cage was one of those people where it was like cool to hate Nick Cage and pretend that he wasn't one of the best actors ever on the planet. Dude, Leaving yeah. Las Vegas is one of the best movies I've ever seen. He was like nominated for like an Academy Award and shit. Like just because he was, I don't know, man. Yeah, what? Hey, Jay, type in a what movies has Nick Nicholas Cage done? Oh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, we we raising Arizona. We got to see that Vegas. list, dude. Con Air movies. Con He's Air's so good. Favorite. National Treasure. National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. National Treasure, dude. Con I mean, look, we're gonna see some knowing. stinkers in here. There's no doubt about oh, oh, it. Oh, there sure. are some the fucking rock. stinkers. Oh, the Rock is in his history, Lord but like, Gone in sixty seconds, dude. So many good ones. Mandy. I never seen Next. You guys have got to see Leaving Las Vegas. That, that That's the greatest movie ever made about alcoholism. City of Angels is really good. It will fuck you up. Okay. The newest movie he did where he, like, who is, like, Played the... himself? Yeah. I, I haven't still haven't seen that, but I actually heard really good things Neither, about yeah. it. It's, it's fucking great. I, that, that's what's so great about it. It's, like, it's like you got to be pretty self-aware to make a movie like that. It's a cool move. Oh, yeah, Kick-Ass. He was in Kick-Ass, too. 
you know what? I haven't seen most of these movies. I, I do. I need to do a Nicolas Cage just dive in, dude. dude have, you that's, the, have you seen The Rock? That's probably like nope. traumatic. The Rock is fantastic. The Rock is sick. All right. Yeah, Sean Connery. Dang, dude! Shout out, dude. Con Air. Dude, Con Air. Woo! You got you Can't got Dave Chappelle. You got uh, John Malkovich. John Malkovich. This is like the the cast in that movie is insane. If you if you really oh, pay attention, shit. you got a. Uh, um, who's the cop? John. Um, oh my God, what's his name? He's kind of funny in that movie, huh? Yeah, look at the cast. Like, Hi, baby. Look at, look, look, look at that star cast right there. Whoa, man, that's sick. Cyrus <laughs> the virus, <laughs> and he's ripped, dude. Oh yeah, you got Steve Buscemi. He is ripped there. Man, he's like dad ripped. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he's good. Like, like so, I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Anywho. All right, so we, got, we all we have homework. We got to watch The Rock and watch <laughs> Con Air. You got to watch Leaving Las Vegas. Period. Leaving Las I've Vegas. I've said it three times now. I'll say it again. <laughs> that movie is so good. And uh, we all got to listen to Nickelback and give him an actual chance. Yeah, you know. I remember. That I like to think of it songs. as being a bit tongue in cheek. You know. Sure. Well, Nick, Nickelback, Chad, shout out. <laughs> I don't think era fans expected to come down this, <laughs> this lane by the end of the podcast for sure. All right, let, let's uh, let's bring it home. Uh, it's uh, so it, dude. Um, I really appreciate you guys uh, waking up early and uh, and being a part of this, making a drive down. Thank you guys for for, for your time. It's our pleasure. Um, you guys are on tour now with uh, We Came as Romans, correct? Brand of Sacrifice. Brand of Sacrifice. They're fucking sick, dude. Yep. Tonight mm-hmm. is the House of Blues in Anaheim. Sick venue. Oh, yeah. Ooh, look at that flyer, dude. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice flyer. <laughs> oh, you guys are past the halfway point. Yep. Yep. So by the time this comes out, you'll be in uh, Portland, Seattle, Salt Lake City, Denver, Loris, Kansas, Minneapolis, Chicago, Columbus. It ends on February 18th in Detroit. Mm-hmm. What uh, what venue? Uh, the sh- St. Andrews. St. Andrews, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, you can say it's shelter. Yeah. <laughs> Good vibe there. Yeah. I, I jump off that balcony. I think nice. all those are sold out except for Lawrence. Uh, yeah, yeah, everything except Lawrence. At, and I think Salt Lake City got upgraded, so I don't know if that's sold out. But Sick. It's a great lineup. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. I love a three-band package. Dude, or, or we've been four. talking about that all tour. Just, wow. So nice. Is, uh, yeah. Three, four, six bands on a fucking tour. It's going to be sick. It makes the whole tour feel shorter. Like yeah. seriously, mm-hmm. the, the days just go by and they're fucking easy. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets a sound check. There's more room. It's nice. Yeah. First band starts. I'm getting changed to play. Play. Yeah. Headliner starts, and I'm like eating dinner and settling down. And then we're done for the day. Yeah. There's like there, there there's so little of that weird in between of like you know the the hurry up and wait like the waiting mm-hmm. part like there's so much less of that like you're just like yeah yeah you're just getting through the day. I don't know. It just it feels really concise. It's fucking awesome, dude. Three bands is the way. Yeah, and then we then we go headline in Europe, our first Europe headliner immediately after. Oh, congrats! This. Yeah, when's that? Uh, Two days after the twenty. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> to, the first show is the twenty fourth in I think Cologne, and then we wrap. Um, I think March nineteenth. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, go see these guys out in Europe. They're a sick band. Uh, some of them like corn, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like corn. Well, uh, yeah, where can people find you guys? All over. All over. Yeah. Instagram. Anywhere you normally find uh, people. Ar- Araband on Instagram is the best. Okay. And then there's an Araband.com. Araband.com. You got, 
You know one thing that never died was the dot com. It never died. You got to have a website. <laughs> Timeless. We don't have website which we're fucking idiots. <laughs> www. R.I.P. No one right. www's no more. They only dot com. Woo! All right. Well, uh, again, thank you guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. And all uh, right, everyone. That's it. Later. Thanks, man. Go back. Bye.